0: My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick.
1: our podcast where we discuss fan fiction each week we generally discuss three fics one brought by each of us nick what's your pick for this week they're gonna think this is like a mirror verse (laughs) intro it is (laughs) oh god yeah keep them on their toes
0: (laughs) it's only brenna okay um my fic for this episode is slip safe by lady ascalon it is a fic for stray kids band rpf it's a k-pop group the pairing is min sung that is minho slash Jisung and also Minho and Jisung. I am so excited to talk about this fic. We're going to do it very soon. Okay. Brenna, what is your fic for this episode?
1: My fic is The 1000 Hours Sleep by SPQR. This is a fic for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it's for the Kirk and Spock of that universe.
2: Reed, what's yours? My fic is Shut Up and Take My Money by Attila. It is for critical role, specifically Campaign One. It is a modern AU, and the pairing is Jarrett Howarth, everyone's favorite, and Vexalia. Okay,
1: we love
0: Jarrett, though.
2: <laughs> I And I know him very yeah. well. He's my
1: bestie. He's good.
0: He got roped into, like, um, buying drugs for Scanlan at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He was not happy about it. Ficklet's at the end of our third anniversary episode, which is our last episode. We implied that this was our themed episode for October. I'm so excited to tell you that it's not. <laughs> um it was going to be <laughs> listen there are a lot of things that have been happening in the fit click scheduling and theme planning world uh so we'll talk a little bit about what was going to be the theme why it's not what our actual themed episode for october is going to be um all that good stuff but just in case you were on the edge of your seat like what's the theme nick uh don't worry about it <laughs> this is just kind of just a normal episode with three good fixes that we like a lot
2: yeah, so if you've been listening to episodes for the past number of months, you will know that we do a silly little monthly theme, usually based off of some pun that Nick has created. Uh, and the one that was crafted for October was Glocktober, where the fic features a gun in some way. A gun is mentioned. Um, none of us here at FicClick like guns at all, as they pertain to real life in the slightest. So we were like, maybe we don't actually want to center even our fictional picks around it. So then we thought about, like, not Glocktober, like, (laughs) anti-Glocktober, where the fic has to feature a weapon, but the weapon cannot be a gun. And, like, no, like, space phaser guns or whatever. Lightsabers, yes. A phaser pistol, no. Um, So that was, like, maybe going to be the theme. Uh, And then, as Nick said, scheduling and timelines, etc. These fics were supposed to be talked about a little bit sooner, and they weren't. Um, and we realized in bumping these to October that two of the three fics had guns. So we were like, <laughs> D- does this... We made a mess, basically. <laughs> we decided we did not bring the theme back. Again, we are really strictly anti-gun here. So even as a joke for Glocktober, it didn't really feel like great to do that as a theme. So yeah, yeah. Just, just three good fix. It is really
1: unfortunate how fun it is to say Glocktober when... We are three people who don't like guns and don't really think that they should be, like, around... Yeah. It, it,
0: yeah, it was a very funny concept uh, <laughs> that we just did not end up getting around to making work in a way that we felt comfortable with. So uh, these are just three fix. And next episode, we'll talk about this more at the end of this episode. We are going to do our kind of, I was going to say our usual Halloween episode. I don't know that we have a usual Halloween episode because last year was bonkers. Um, but we will have fix that talk about kind of Halloween horror themes. So stay tuned for that.
2: I will say, I think for me, if we were going to do like the OG Glocktober, unfortunately, the best possible fic we could have brought, we've already done, which is My Immortal, because the like, (laughs) I pull out a gun and then I waste him. is like peak meme there. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. My Immortal is a a fic that we did too soon in some ways like we can never re i guess we could easily rediscuss my immortal but we can never talk about it like again for the so first much time more we could say like <laughs> i true. could do a whole nother episode on my immortal easily but it's like now i've read my immortal you know i had yeah. been in fandom for like 10 years and i'd never read it and now i have that's wild oh spocktober sorry <laughs>
1: If only Spock were also in your fix. <laughs> just put him in there. <laughs> hey, yeah, maybe we can. Guy?
0: <laughs> can we retroactively come up with an October theme for this episode that is in the spirit of Glocktober as a title? Spocktober clearly is not going to work because we only have one Spock. <laughs> uh, yeah, to my knowledge, um, I believe yeah, just the one Spock.
1: I mean, are there like unnamed characters in your fix who could just be Spock? my
0: fic is set in the real world so like probably not
1: he could be there
2: (laughs) okay Bren, i need help with yours because what my brain gave me was rocktober where Hmm. for nick's fic uh rock as in wedding rings wedding stuff is relevant for my fic they steal jewels i don't think it's ever explicitly on screen but vax goes out and steals jewels yeah yeah Bren, is there a rock in your fic um, Hold on. Command F like rock. There's planets that are made yeah, of yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. Like, does
0: the Earth count as a rock?
2: <laughs> one of the ensigns tried to sit down on a rock. Oh, oh, there's homicidal that rock, rock, out rock in monsters. Space, like, that's like an asteroid or something. <laughs> there's <laughs> homicidal rock cheering? monsters in your fic, Bren. I just control F rock. Thank you. Excellent, <laughs> okay. everyone. Rocktober. 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 <laughs> We've done it. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know about others. I think I, I had pitched Shocktober as just a general October theme. That one I think mm. we could forced to work if we needed to. Like, Jarrett got a shock when he saw Vex bleeding out in an alley. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> she's fine. Um, more spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Min-ho and Jisung were both shocked during spoilers, the confession scene in Slip Safe. And... Kirk
2: has Kirk- a lot of Spoilers.
0: Shocks. He's shocked when he finds out that Spock and that, that gal are not I don't remember her name are not in love
2: <laughs> I'm just spoiling the entire we're, episode yeah we're doing really great with this one.
0: well that's good for shocktober actually you'll be shocked at all these yeah. spoilers
1: I don't really have another one um crocktober but I don't think there's like crockpots pots really in these figs or crocks the shoes or, or like crocodiles Crocs the creature yeah no.
0: damn oh no, for three that's
2: tough um <laughs> oh. socktober
0: mm. does everyone wear socks And or get socked in the face.
1: (laughs) Someone definitely gets socked in the face in my fic. Yeah. I feel like presumably people wear socks. Yeah. I don't know that it's ever explicitly mentioned, but like, I do think socks are part of like the regulation Starfleet uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. Okay.
2: What if we um, do one of our favorite things, which is just outsource our work to the ficlets? Ficklets. <laughs> after you listen to Can this episode, do and presuming you probably also read the fix, because I think that would help give you even more options, mm-hmm. pitch us something tober theme. But is it going to be better than Rocktober? I don't know. I Locktober?
1: I don't have anything else to say about that. Ah, it's that just that a common have been word. An episode where we all brought Lock Tomb fix. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Read. <laughs> i'm ready to rocktober let's talk about my fic
1: <laughs> <laughs> why'd you just address it to me I, <laughs> I was excited i don't matter here it's okay <laughs> brenna
0: um oh let <laughs> me think of a different word though it's not i can't do the same one um no that was nothing <laughs> like we've gotta wait until it's time to spocktober <laughs> because <laughs> it's my fic first My fic for this episode is Slip Safe by Lady Ascalon for the Stray Kids group.
1: The the group Stray Kids,
0: you know what I mean. Um, the main characters are Lee Minho, whose stage name is Lino, but he's referred to as Min-ho throughout this fic, and Han Ji Sung, who is referred to as Ji Sung. Uh, they are in this fic. Yeah, they're they're members of the group. It's what we call like idolverse, basically, which is like canon compliant when they're K-pop idols, um, or it could not be canon compliant. In this case, it is. Um, They just need to be idols and idolverse. It's like a fandom-specific way of saying what kind of a fic it is. In this fic, we follow Minho over the years, often in a chronological order, through essentially his experience coming into himself as a gay man, coming into his relationship with Jisung and all of the really interesting turns that takes Uh, moving forward within the group and also after the group. So I love this fic very, very dearly. I have thought about it so much since I first read it. I'm excited that I forced my co-hosts to listen to it so that we could talk about it. Uh, In terms of content warnings, I think the primary one here is homophobia, Um, It is fairly present. Societal homophobia is sort of an oppressive force throughout the story. Um, There's not any like homophobic violence um, or particularly homophobic language in this story. Just know that it's a central theme and that Minho does kind of struggle with his identity in a fairly conservative culture. I have a lot of thoughts about this fic and I'm excited to get into it. But before I say more, I would love to hear about what my co-hosts, both of whom are huge stays, fans of Stray Kids, thought about this story.
1: Yes, once upon a time I was more stay than I am now, Which isn't to say that I don't still really enjoy those boys and the things that they put out into the world. It's more just like my brain has moved away from my K-pop, my hardcore K-pop fandom days and and into new fun and exciting uh, areas like getting my heart broken over boys who drive fast cars, which is really objectively something that's stupid and I'm mad about. (laughs) But you know... (laughs) It's fine. I am relatively familiar with Stray Kids um, and their members. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this fic. Maybe that's a weird thing to say about a fic that's, like, not particularly, like, fun. But I had a good time. I thought it was really well written. I really like the pacing of their relationship and, like, how it develops on screen and, like, what we see at these different sort of points in time with them. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick had hyped this up a lot, so I was, like, a little bit hesitant going into it just because... I don't know you never want to read something that like your friend absolutely adored and be like well I hated that (laughs) yeah so it's always it always feels like a little bit of a dangerous game (laughs) where like one when one of us like loves a fic dearly um because I don't know like yeah also when I bring a fic I love I'm always a little bit like oh god I hope they don't hate it um but I really like really like this um I think Based on how Nick pitched it, I thought it was going to be even more platonic than it is. Like, to me, it has a very romantic ending. I feel like their relationship is a little bit still, I don't know if undefined is the right word, but like, open to interpretation in some ways from the reader. Um, And like, it is certainly not portrayed as like, a sexual getting together ever for them. But I feel like there is this deep love and like, um, what are the like, the trappings of romance towards the end of it. Um... But I really enjoyed like how it presents their emotions, how the characters navigate that. Like I think it's a very intimate portrayal of these people and their dynamic and their relationship in a way that was just really enjoyable and rewarding to read.
2: This fic felt like such a win for me personally, and I guess like also a win for Nick. <laughs> yeah. um, the last time and the only other time we've talked about a Stray Kids fic on the pod was almost a year ago. At the time, I knew basically nothing about them. I, like, watched the music video that the, like, fic was mainly based off of and could not recognize almost anyone. (laughs) Um, I have become a different person in that time. I've been changed on a molecular level. (laughs) Um, I saw Stray Kids in concert this summer with Nick and... Wow, my fall into statum was hard. I was like um, halfway holding Reed
0: up at one point. <laughs> it was really a moment.
2: I did, yeah, I, I did go like genuinely weak in the knees at one point and collapsed into Nick's side and felt rather than heard their laughter as they were like shit shaking, like laughing, holding me up. I feel like the particular win is that even when I am in, like, a fandom space with Nick, Nick tries to pitch me something, and I go, mm, what about something else instead? Such as Nick trying to pitch me uh, Lee Minho via a texted academic course for, like, eight months, and I was like, I do not care about this man. <laughs> and then one singular night on stage. <laughs> My scholarship. I Your worked scholarship? so hard. Yeah, well, I appreciate it now. Anyway, the point is that Nick is a hardcore Um, and many of our friends are not. And I feel like if precedent, if I had followed precedent, I would have been like, sorry, Nick, I'm not in this space. Instead, I came out of that concert and I was like, Nick, I need you to give me every scrap of Minsung that you contain in your brain. I need fic recs, I need videos. I need everything. Um, yeah. So a win for Nick and a win for me. I, I cannot wait to talk about this fic. I really, really liked it. Hi, sorry to talk about the fic itself. <laughs> Instead of just my own journey into Minsunging. Um... Yes, I agree with Brenna that I think because of the way that Nick pitched it, I was expecting it to have less romantic overtones than it did. Um, But I still think it is such an interesting premise that I like really have not seen or encountered. Um, And I do think it sticks true to the sort of um, the, the pairing being both a slash and an and. I think it earns both of those things. We all very much enjoy canon verse idol fic here and this was done really well and with nuance and i really liked the sort of imaginings of the future and how those things would look for them um i just really i really liked this fic i really liked the story it was trying to tell i loved the rest of the lads as well like i was just scrolling back through my own notes and i have so many comments about like changbin or Min or someone in the background and being like i love these characterizations like min sung in this are great and also like the rest of straight kids are also like so true and good this was just yeah i don't know i think i'm having a similar thing to bren where so much of this fic is like sad and difficult and yet i'm like i liked it so much i had such a good time with it it's just
0: so good i definitely am doing a victory lap figlets um i'm going to pitch you the fic the way that i pitched it to my co-hosts first and then we'll get to kind of break that down and see why it does and does not fit in certain ways um in this fic Minho, like I said earlier, identifies as a gay man, and Jisung identifies as straight uh, pretty much through the entire fic. Um, that definitely gets complicated by the nature of his relationship with Minho, but there are scenes explicitly that reference times when Jisung kind of like went off into his exploration journey and was like, yeah, I am not interested in like dating men. I just want to spend the rest of my life with you um, in a really, really... Oh, it's just so interesting. I think, like, we talk about, obviously, extremely queer fic on this show. That is a lot of what we do. Um, I guess not always. Sometimes it's very straight, but not always. Um, And even so, and even with one of these main characters, like, literally identifying as, like, a cis straight dude, this feels like, to me, one of the queerest fics that we have talked about. And maybe that's just a bold statement in general, but I love the experience expansive lens that it takes on what love can be what a relationship can be on resisting this kind of like societal heteropatriarchy of like you have to go and like live with a woman and have children and that's your life if you're a dude right I think this just does so much resisting of norms and it does so much exploration of like what the world could be like if you let yourself have what you want, even if that thing is not perfect, even if that thing is not definable, even if that thing doesn't have a name that's easy to give. Um, do they end up in like a romantic relationship and a queer platonic relationship in who knows what you want to call it? I think, yeah, all of that is super up to debate here. And it also depends on your definition of romantic and like who romance can be between depending on like who you're attracted to, et cetera, et cetera. Add nauseam. You could debate it forever. But I love how free and loose this story is with the requirements to be in a relationship with someone that you deeply love and care about.
1: Yeah, I feel like this fic is very queer in a slightly different way than a lot of the fics that we talk about. Um, Like, oftentimes, I feel like the queerness of various fics we discuss have a similarity to one another. It's like, okay, here are these two characters who identify as men often, and like, often those are cis men, and they are falling in love and getting into a very, well, not necessarily very, but a more straightforward sort of like sexual and romantic relationship together obviously there are variations on this that we talk about <laughs> um but i thought like that is a lot of the fic we, that we bring and like a lot of the fic that is out there in the world as well um and so i feel like it was very interesting and kind of joyful to read a fic that definitely broadened its interpretation of sort of like relationship statuses and like what these people are to each other um yeah, I think for me, like, like I said in the intro, like, I personally read it as very much like, okay, they are in some sort of romantic relationship. It's not a sexual one. But it's more than what I would probably put the queer platonic label on. Um, But again, that is my own interpretation of it based on like my definitions of things and my lived life experience and like all of that i think if someone else read it differently that would also be incredibly valid (laughs) like it does leave a lot open for interpretation and jisung in particular doesn't give us a lot of like labels to use for him i think by the end you can't really kind of keep saying like that's a straight man like "Mm, he's in a pretty dedicated lifelong relationship with minho like that's not really necessarily straight man behavior (laughs) yeah it complicates what it means to be
0: straight i think or what it means to be queer or what it means like it's this whole thing of like what is innate to you versus what is shown in your like behavior and presentation and like choices that you're making and how do those things complicate each other
1: yeah i think i'm just like i guess my real point is that like while minho from the beginning is identifying as you know gay or queer in some way that like jisung like goes on a much different journey about it but i think for me like also ends up reading as a very queer character because of these various relationships that he has form particularly the one with Minho and like the way that he I think like the way that he views what relationships can be and like the fact that he's okay having the relationship that he does with Minho is something that again for me reads very queer because of also it's breaking down of boundaries and norms like I, I don't I don't know that I've really talked about this on the pod Nick and Reed like absolutely know but Like, I am someone who is very pro the word queer. Like, I am not going to put it on anyone if they don't want it on them. Like, real people, I'm going to put it on characters. Sorry. (laughs) They don't really have agency here. Um... But like I am someone who like that word has meant a lot to me personally and like it's also just a word that I think has a tremendous amount of utility and use um in sort of building relationships, building community. Like it does a lot, I think, and it's something that I always want to celebrate. Um I it pisses me off to see people on the internet like being like, it's a terrible word and it's only a slur, and I'm like, you don't know anything, go read your career history. <laughs> it's fine. Um So I don't know, for me, like, because I am someone who like really likes that word that I view as sort of an umbrella term that I view as something that allows people to have the space to, like, exist with sort of between identities or in the spaces that don't have a particular word, or just for people who don't necessarily vibe with putting, like, kind of micro labels on themselves. Like, I don't know, then it... I think because of that, it's a word that very much in my mind applies to Jisung in this fic in a way that I think is like wonderful and deserves to be celebrated. Like, I am certainly saying that in a very positive way. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's my little spiel. Thanks for coming to my (laughs) TED
2: talk. It's a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're so right that. Regardless of what labels this Ji Sung may or may not apply to himself or care to apply to himself, like there is absolutely like a breaking of boundaries and norms and things like that and the expectations put on him. And I think like that sort of joyful feeling you're talking about, like that it is a good thing like the way that they they being Min Sung, the way that they are at the end. I feel like in part it it hits so hard or it rings so true because of all of the nuance and all of the work that this fic was doing previous and like looking at different iterations of queerness um like i i was thinking about the there's like a reflection scene where minho is thinking about where he realized he was gay and it's kind of horrible because he's in dance class and he's looking at his instructor and the line in the fic reads something like he realizes the feelings he's having and then he goes home and tries not to cry because realizing that he's gay is kind of horrible for him and then you have jisung who sort of agonizes over First of all, there's a very funny line that's like, Jesus Christ, Han Jisung, you might be the only person who like could torture themselves about being straight, which is very <laughs> yeah. funny. But like, Jisung does go on this very intense, self-reflective journey, comes out the other end saying, yeah, I still think I'm straight, and then still agonizes over what he feels about Minho, what he's allowed to feel. Like, I don't know, there's sort of confession scene at the end, sorry to like, be skipping all over the place, yeah, but... Fun.
0: This fic skips all over the place, too.
2: That is true. It did, okay... Did it take me a little bit too long to realize the chapters were alternating timelines? <laughs> no, I startled a little bit too, Read, you're not alone. So I was a little bit confused at first, and I was like, oh, 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 I am understanding. It's
0: really sexy on a reread, but the first one's a little tough, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, that confession scene where Ji Sung's like, I'm a horrible, awful, selfish person because I want you in all of these ways, but... You're not mine to have, and I don't know that I can ever give you, like, what you would want out of, like, a lifelong partner, and yet I still want it with every fiber of my being. And then I put my face in a pillow and screamed because, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I'm familiar. I do think, yeah, there's this, like... Another tension through this entire fic is the whole concept of fanservice. Um, So for those not super familiar with K-pop, there is this concept of fanservice. I mean, we see it a lot in other kinds of, like, celebrity and other kinds of media as well. Um, For example, your, like, PR relationships or whatever in, like, Western culture. Like, yeah, those are also kind of fanservice in a way, but... Uh, In K-pop, yeah, there's this concept that members will kind of like flirt with each other or like act in a very kind of like romantic or sweet or tender way with each other as fan service because fans like that. Fans like to imagine that they're very, like, the members are very close with each other. Fans like to imagine themselves in that position. Fans like to see members in that kind of, like, a boyfriend role, even if it's with each other. It is a very complex and nuanced concept that I do not feel equipped to fully explain here for you, so this is your 101. Uh, if you're intrigued, definitely go and find some more context on it. Um, but Minho and jisung in real life and in this fic very much have always been a central stray kids ship in the fandom they are the largest by far and part of that is because of this like getting placed into positions of being able to give fan service because the company knows that they are popular as a duo um it is complicated it is tricky the author wrote a whole essay that's part three of this series that's like a meta essay about rpf and like the ethics of shipping fan service and like how that feels and how that looks and how to do that in a way that doesn't feel icky. Like it was really interesting. I highly suggest reading it um, if you're interested in that kind of a thing. Um, But that whole tension is also drastically underlying this entire fic because this author said, okay, what if I look at the concept of fan service and I look at this really close relationship between these two guys who not only are at the center of fan service, but also who really just seem to like each other and seem to be like really good friends. And I make one of them gay. And I make him deal with the fact that he's gay, all the while having to flirt and act and be so over the top that the real stuff doesn't have any space to come through. Um, so that's kind of Minho's challenge in this fic: that every time it gets a little bit vulnerable or a little bit earnest, it is legitimately like dangerous. Like his career becomes at risk, uh, and his like, like, relationships come to for risk. him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so part of the closeness between Minho and Jisung here is this, like, sense of safety they have with each other, where it's like, if we go down, we're both going down, so let's not. And Jisung being this kind of, like, bombastic presence carries them through a lot of moments that could be very awkward or that could be legitimately risky or dangerous in some way. So, yeah, I think that is such an interesting tension that operates at this fic. And you see it in, I mean, primarily, most obviously in the chapters where they're still in the group, but you also see its echoes later on of like, how do I treat you when I'm not obliged to treat you in any particular way? Or I'm not obligated to do this, that, or the other because we're on camera. It's like, I find this stuff so interesting. You all know this about me. So I really appreciated how deep this dive went in, frankly, not that much space. How long is this fic? It's like 20k, right? Yeah, 20,690 words. It's not nothing, but this fic, t- in, in my heart, feels like it's longer than that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we absolutely here at fic, like, love the sort of what is presented for a camera, like, what is true and real, what do you get to, like, keep for yourself. And obviously, like, all of this is speculation. We have no goddamn clue what, like, <laughs> yeah. real Minho and Deeson are doing. don't think but this, this actually fic, has happened. I'm <laughs> no, like, very shocked. <laughs> but we love, we love fic that sort of does dig into that, the, like, especially when you are expected to give some modicum of sincerity of the fan service is expected not to just be like jokey surface level like it's expected that they put some truth in it so that people will buy it so that the fans will feel the way they feel about it um and yeah i mean all of the things about sort of minho thinking so intensely about how he's coming across on camera and how jiseong's reacting and how he's reacting and is he putting jiseong's career at risk and then how, what like what he's thinking in his head when he goes back to the dorm and replays the moments over and over like that is prime fic like bait we yeah. love that
0: here <laughs> yeah
2: yeah. I mean we truly do
1: love this in fic and like I don't know I think it's, it's interesting to me I mean both that all three of us I feel like have such a gravitation towards fics that sort of revolve around certain questions um, like I've really found my people here <laughs> <laughs> But also just, like, I feel like for me this is something that, like, I have enjoyed more and more as I've gotten older, too. Like, I don't think that these same questions would have necessarily been Brenna Bate, like, when I was first reading fanfiction. Like, I think these are things that, as I've reckoned with my own, like, perceptions of myself and, like, questions about, like, what it is to be various... I mean, I was gonna say, like, various people. That's not quite right. Like, what it is to, like, try and define yourself in this world and, like, try different sort of forms of you almost and like what what do we put forward as like our authentic selves like how do we even define that like I think that's a question that like is very true for everyone but then like when we have these sort of famous people that elevates it to this like space of exploration and I think that's something that fic does kind of consistently that I find really fascinating about it as a medium is like basically I feel like all thick writers use it to essentially say okay here's something that like i think about or i struggle with in my life like something that i turn around in my brain all the time and like instead of like trying to kind of figure it out about me and myself like always because that maybe is too close or like a little bit hard i'm going to put it on this fictional character and also i can like kind of mm, like ramp it up like just turn up the dial on those feelings or on whatever that central question is like because they're famous and that turns up the dial because of like they're in this situation and that turns up the dial you know i don't know if i'm explaining this well and like this also certainly is not to say that like every fic every like theme in a fic is something the author like struggles with (laughs) (laughs) because that would be like i think completely inappropriate to say and like not true but just that i feel like Fic gives us a space to like play with these certain like kind of questions and things that maybe people are grappling with and like i know certainly for myself like the themes i sort of relate to the most in fan fiction it's because like they're things i've turned around in my brain a lot too which is all to say am i like this minho or jisung at all like no <laughs> we have really like nothing
2: in common um, you're not secretly a famous k-pop idol I think you know. Also, yeah, I can't so sing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be very difficult for you to be an idol and also do fake like, click twice Note a month. Brenna didn't say she can't rap.
0: <laughs> that
1: is so
2: true. I'm just
0: going to put <laughs> I that out I there. Like Brenna I...
1: visual. Brenna rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Brenna just visual just is a hysterical concept. I mean, not because I think I look bad, but just like I'm not really K-pop date <laughs> as a person. <laughs> um yeah i mean i will say i think i'd have an easier time learning to rap than i would learning to sing but i don't think i would be good at either one i don't know um no but i i don't know i just i enjoyed like seeing the kind of two different journeys that jisung and minho both went on sort of regarding these questions of like who are we deep down inside? How is that impacted by the life that we're living? And like, how we have to navigate those two things together? And like, what do we give up of ourselves versus like, what can we keep private versus like, what do we give to other people close to us? And is that still private to us? Is that now public, like in some other way? Like, I don't know. And also like, is sometimes something not fully real to you until you also give it to someone else? I feel like that's sort of something that like, I think about a lot. And like, that I think is interesting in fan fiction, particularly this one, like, if you just have a thought, is that thought real? Like, is it real until you, like, act on it or until you say it to someone else? Is it real enough to just have it? Like, I don't know. You know, I think that stuff's interesting. Um, I'm in therapy now. (laughs) Sorry, uh, listeners, that was, like, not totally for the pod, but, like, you can have it now. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) That's my thought. No,
0: it's so good, though, and I think a lot of these questions you're asking really do intersect so well with the themes of queerness and the themes of homophobia and the themes of fear that are in this fic. Like, the question of who am I allowed to be is so huge here. And I think a lot about this, like there's a reason that i while i love our little our fluff stories i love our stories where they're just homophobia just doesn't exist (laughs) and sometimes to a point that it's almost comical (laughs) where it's like (laughs) oh yes we're like making out in the airport it's like all right yeah you are go ahead (laughs) yeah Uh, sure yeah why not um i also think that i find a lot of value in reading these reflections of like the occasional aspects of like challenges and fear and, like, mess that come with having a queer identity. Like, I have had so much privilege in terms of, like, my friendships and my family and, like, my community, and I still, right, when I first came out, when I was very, very young, like, I first realized, I was not young, I realized, oh, like, maybe I'm not the straight gal I think I am. I was so terrified. I didn't say anything to anybody for like over six months, maybe close to a year for a long time. Every time I came out to someone, regardless of how well they took it, I would immediately start crying. (laughs) Um, And I think there is something so powerful and lovely and kind of retroactively healing about getting to read these stories about people who legitimately have shared this experience to some degree. I'm not going to speak for this author. I do not think a straight person could have written this story. (laughs) Um, That's beside the point, though. I think regardless getting to read what feels like a really authentic and lovely portrayal of coming into yourself as a person, coming into your identity, realizing that it is allowed and okay to be exactly who you are, and then getting a happy ending. This fic has a sequel. Uh, It is Vignettes. Throughout a life, we get uh, a really, really sweet scene of Minho coming out to Stray Kids, which I highly recommend, even if you just jump over just for that scene. Um, it's super sweet. Um, but we get snapshots of Minho and Jisung's life together, we get some past stuff, some fill in the blanks, and yeah, I just, I, I was thinking about that as we were talking about the fic and how how rich and how much we get and how the acronology of this fic really lets us bounce around to moments that feel important and that feel special. Um. Yeah, authenticity is the word I keep coming back to. This feels very real and very grounded. And I really connected to it. And I think that's a big reason that it has stuck in my head so much since the first time I read it.
2: This feels like slightly off of what you were saying and slightly on a different tangent. But I think just in terms of like things that really resonated and, and feel true to maybe my own queer experience, there's a bit. At the very end where Minho is thinking, like, people are saying stuff like, you guys have always been so obvious. Everyone knew it was a matter of time. It annoyed him a lot at first. What the fuck did they know anyway? Honestly, it annoyed him for a lot longer than it should have, all things considered. But it's just funny now. Which I thought was, like, such an interesting, like, retrospective. Because I felt similarly when I first came out where people were like, oh, this isn't surprising. And I was like, well, fuck you. Because, like, (laughs) because it was hard for me. (laughs) Like, just because you thought this was obvious and blah 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 doesn't mean that it was like easy for me to come to terms with and to not only to accept it for myself but to get to a place where I felt I don't want to say comfortable telling other people because those first few times were scary as all hell especially like with family and stuff like that even friends who I thought would take it well it's still like terrifying or it was for me um but yeah I don't I, I felt ah I don't know I felt like i just slammed my closet door oh, <laughs> oh that's a metaphor oh, no. <laughs> what? oh my god oh yeah 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 <laughs> wow I, yeah i am literally in the closet recording um no i felt very connected Reed, to Minho. you can get out you can get yeah, out if you, you want can get out, I'll come no you i got out when i recorded our anniversary episode my audio was significantly worse oh, okay. and i said oh no i need to go back in
1: <laughs> okay oh, no. fair
2: enough um No, I felt very connected to Minho in that moment. And I also felt very, like, I don't know, fond of his growth is the right word. But, like, I very much understood that feeling of just because you thought you were seeing something doesn't mean you understood what it took for me to get there. Um, But he's also had enough time, enough distance. He has this, like, presumably, like, pretty happy life with Jisung that it doesn't bother him as much as it used to. Like, the things that were tough before don't seem as tough now. And that, I don't know. I just thought it was very, like rewarding and earned and i'm looking at my notes towards the end of this fic and it's just me going my heart is so full of love because i (laughs) care Min Sung so much yeah
0: (laughs) they are so good i think so much of what this fic is trying to say about love is that it really is about like understanding and generosity in understanding somebody and listening to somebody and caring about somebody and giving yourself to somebody there's a couple of lines that i took down in uh Classic me fashion, pulling quotes left and right, um, that read, Minho and Jisung aren't the kind of friends who go digging for each other's secrets. They don't intrude on each other. They don't pry. They've always been the kind to take each other's confidences as and when they're given. Like this. What a thing to be given. This.
2: Rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs>
0: it's so good. It is so freaking good. I love it so much. I love this idea that like you can love someone and the way that they love you doesn't have to be the exact same way that you love them but it can be equally as strong and good and that that love that you have built together can be absolutely worth going the distance for like it's so special it's so touching
1: i love this story so much me too this this fic made me wish i was min sung um like i'm a min sunger (laughs) oh Um, it makes you wish that you were
2: min sung no it
1: makes me wish that i i was min sung in like that i wish i shipped and felt like rattling the bars yeah. in my cage about men's it means on. that brenna wishes she I had hanji
2: sung's um rap ability because she is a rapper <laughs> i do
1: <laughs> that'd be sick imagine what would you if do could with it? do
2: that i don't know
1: post tiktoks Wait, i you <laughs> would really have
0: to release a fit click album if you could rap like that
1: <laughs> yeah oh my god i'd have a whole different life than i do now if i had that ability <laughs> that'd be wild it would i would like it
2: I just need to, okay, I need to just chime in with, like, one of my favorite parts of this fic that made me, <sighs> Nick, can I have a better, can you give me a gourd metaphor? I don't want to say gourdless. That's too boring. Yeah, that's weak. Uh yeah. this, this part of the fic felt like you put your
0: gourd into a circus cannon, fired it over the Atlantic Ocean, and then you know that thing where um, boomerangs, you're on a boat. And then with a boomerang, you snipe the gourd out of midair after it was fired from the cannon. <laughs> is that a thing
2: people did? Oh, I don't think so, actually. Okay. Really but funny if it was. It's a
0: thing that you do when you read this part of the fic.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is That was, I think, pretty a pretty good analogy to my feelings. Um, I had mentioned previous the sort of confession scene where Ji Sung was like, I am a horrible person, blah, blah, blah. And it's because... Um, Minho had been engaged to someone and he gets back from doing his military service and they, being the rest of Stray Kids, find out that the engagement was broken off. And Ji Sung's like, I should be sad for you, but I'm not. And he goes into all these things where he's like, like, you'd always sleep in his bed. You were going to tell him the secrets first. He'd get to have all of these parts of you. And like, I kept losing my fucking mind because I can't stop thinking that they were supposed to be mine. I was supposed to ask. I was supposed to get to keep all these things for myself. And then Minho is sitting there looking at him, thinking basically a reflection of all those things. And it ends like, and maybe I'm losing my fucking mind because I can't stop thinking that they were always supposed to be yours. Horrible, Ah! horrible, (laughs) awful. My gourd is being boomeranged. Yeah,
0: yeah, it splits in half and then I'm behind you with a paintball gun blasting the (laughs) halves of the gourds.
2: But you're like crying as your paintball (laughs) gun (laughs) yeah
0: yeah oh it's so good it's so intense at the root of minsung is that they could not be more obsessed with each other and this fic is just about that over and over and over again yeah truly slip safe is a fic that's so good and i love it so much i don't know how to summarize it it's about love and it made me sad and everyone if you ended up reading the first part you should read the second part and also the third part which is like the meta essay about rpf in general i just think it's good stuff fascinating all around i'm so glad i got to bring it in and talk about it and that now we have been on the pod as a squad amen if you put jim and minho together you almost get jimibos <laughs> run
1: so my fic for this week is the 1000 hour sleep by spqr Uh, this is a fic for star trek strange new worlds which is a 2022 television show um the newest in the star trek offerings uh the pairing for this is kirk and spock um it's it's a different, it's a slightly different Kirk and Spock than you might be familiar with from other iterations of Star Trek. Um, this is sort of our our third version of Kirk and Spock that you can now opt to write about. You could write about original series Kirk and Spock. You could write about alternate original series Kirk and Spock, which are the 2009 movie and its sequels. And now we have Strange New Worlds Kirk and Spock. Wow. Exciting. Thrilling. So <laughs> many opportunities for the, the Spurkers out there. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So, as I understand it, and please forgive me if there are any, like, hardcore Star Trek fans listening to this out there, because I am a Star Trek fan, but I am not super hardcore, and I might get some details wrong here. Okay, so Strange New Worlds, as a TV show, takes place uh, after the TV show Star Trek Discovery, which premiered a couple years ago. Both of these shows take place within the sort of canon timeline prior to the original star trek tv show like the original one with kirk and spock and everyone else these are supposed to sort of have occurred prior to any of those events uh spock is in discovery we only just meet this world sort of version of kirk at the very very end of the first season of strange new worlds um I honestly read both Discovery and Strange New Worlds as kind of their own alternate universe, just like the movies are kind of an alternate original universe. I kind of read Discovery and Strange New Worlds as another alternate original universe. I don't think they're technically supposed to be, but it just makes it easier in my mind because they're like different actors. I feel like the characters are written a little bit differently. We see a lot of the same people, but they feel a little different. Not like Mirrorverse different, but just like, I don't know. I don't think the exact continuity is there for me in like how the characters are presented. So I don't know. For me, it's kind of a whole nother, slightly different Kirk and Spock than original series or alternate original series. Um All that being said, at the time of this fic, uh, Kirk, like, we don't really know what's what he's been doing in the actual Strange New Worlds TV show, so this author i think just kind of invented a backstory for him um which is cool we i love that (laughs) um spock is on the enterprise which is currently captained by pike um there are also a couple other people on the enterprise who we like know of from star trek uh other series like uhura is uh a crewmate but she is like just a um cadet at this point she's not like a lieutenant yet or anything um so it's kind of earlier it's before we really know like the kind of classic enterprise crew as they are it's sort of a medley of some of their younger versions and some other um characters who have been invented for this show uh so that's basically like your sort of where where this exists in the star wars scheme of things um like i said this is a very uh spock kirk fic um So Jim is basically working for, like, an intelligence branch of Starfleet, I think, like, kind of doing these missions and stuff, and they're pretty dangerous. And he gets into a bit of trouble with one and essentially is rescued by the crew of the Enterprise. Um, He is not in good shape and, like, is having all these sleeping problems, um, but he, like, needs rest to be able to heal. So basically, the solution that the doctors come up with, um, with Spock's consent, is that they will sort of mind meld to basically put Kirk to sleep. Again, this is a consensual thing, although I feel like with any sort of mind meld or mind sharing stuff, it can get a little bit wonky. Um, yeah, Jim doesn't have a choice. He's like hit with a thing that prevents him from sleeping, period, yeah. without this. Yeah, and so. like he has to sleep to survive. So yeah. it is, there is a little <laughs> bit of, um, it is a little bit of a forced mind meld, I suppose. Um, but, you know, with, as with Thicke, it, it all works out in the end. Um, and, and the story sort of progresses from there. Uh, In terms of content warnings, um, along with sort of what we just talked about with the mind meld, uh, there is a lot of sort of canon-ish typical violence and some, like, reference torture that, like, Jim is going through or has gone through in the past. Uh, A lot of it is based on these, like, pretty dangerous missions that he's expected to go on. um, And Starfleet kind of has a, like well, if you get left behind, you get left behind policy for for this crew of people working on these. Um, It also references his time on Tarsus IV, um, which is kind of canon, but Fanon has really expanded on that. So it's basically some time that Kirk spends when he's like an early teen on this colony planet, where basically the leader of the colony starts to practice eugenics on the population. And it's messed up. Um, Sorry, I said that in a humorous way. It's genuinely very fucked up. And a lot of fics explore that trauma with Kirk so this fic also has a large exploration of Kirk's trauma all that being said I don't think it's a super heavy fic but it definitely grapples with these topics so if any of those are sensitive for you just a heads up they're not uncommon topics in Star Trek fic though so if you've read a lot of other Trek fic and like don't have an issue with that you'll be fine with this one as well um, wow, that's a lot of me talking. Before we like get into sort of more of how this fic plays out and like my thoughts on it. Um, co-hosts, how did you feel about it?
2: Okay, briefly before I talk about my feelings about this fic, Brian, you saying like uh, all of the different spurk iterations that are out there. It just had me thinking about like that fic more or less was incepted by Star Trek and by Spurk. Um, and there's someone who recently joined our server who said, I'm very old school fan of fic. I grew up with, uh, the original series fic snail mailed around to friends, which Obsessed was so delightful to read. I was like, oh my God, I respect that so much. Um, we really owe so much to Spurk. Like even if we, you have never Star Trek, yeah. like you owe a lot yeah. to Spurk. If you're not you a being anyone who listened to this, then
0: I don't know what to tell you.
2: Spurkster.
0: That's what they call it, Reed. <laughs> You weren't in fandom yet, I don't think. When that term was popular.
2: Yeah, yeah. Doing this Nick, show you with you were. like ages me so much. I
0: can it age you in reverse so that you can have been in fandom by the time Spurkster was being used?
2: I don't think it works that way. Oh. But hey, if you listen to our anniversary episode, uh there's another fake like, RPF concept for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I truly would like to just give a massive shout out to Spurk. Um, I love yeah. them. Reed and I recently were discussing our like top five ships with another friend, and like Spurk is on mine for z's But also just like, yeah, we would not have fandom as we currently have it or fic as we currently have it without them and the fan fan girls, but fanish folks who like pioneered, shipping them and fiction So thank you all. I love you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making this fic possible in the year 2022 truly
2: yes my experience with star trek is that in the past like two-ish years brenna and i and said friend who we were talking about fix with watched the 2009 series um and that and the fix that bren has brought to the pod that is the extent of my star trekking um i'm not what you would call trekky, but i like it from a distance i've and liked when you the- read switch <laughs> when, and, and when you read Switch and when one of you brings it for like a fandom classic <laughs> um I don't want to say that I liked this fic more than expected because I think that implies that I went into this thinking I wasn't going to like this fic but I think I went in unsure of how much I was really going to like connect to it or if I'd find it difficult to read because pretty much all my knowledge is like the 2009 series was i imagining those actors as this uh, kirk and spock yes sorry i did um absolutely fine but that said i actually found this fic like very easy to get into i think the amount of knowledge i had was more than sufficient um i liked this iteration of kirk very much um oh oh boy does he have trauma wow and he is going through it in this fic but i found him very sympathetic and very interesting um I think for me, I found sort of Jim and the character study of him a little bit more engaging than the relationship aspect. The the spurk of it all uh, was not, I think, my main like draw in this fic. And that is fine. We have talked about this plenty of times in the pod, but like frequently we are readers of fic to which we are not the intended audience and also like there are plenty of things that I really loved about this fic I didn't dislike the relationship I just think it wasn't like the strongest aspect of this fic for me but there was so much that I did like that um yeah I don't know I, I found fascinating I really yeah I really liked this exploration of Jim his brother he has a brother who knew not me until I read this fic Sam. and Sam he has a brother in the movies. Yeah, but do you think I remember like anything yes. from those movies?
1: No. <laughs> I, I expect you to. I yeah,
2: remember on, the like Reed. Pinto interviews that you had me watch where they're trying to like one-up each other with ridiculous well... vocabulary. <laughs> well. <laughs> because Pinto is umami. But... Exactly. <laughs> do I remember Sam? No.
1: It's fine. He's a very small part of the movies.
2: I have rambled a lot. <laughs> my point is that I liked this fic. I found it engaging, even though I really do not know this specific canon, and even though I'm not super enmeshed in Star Trek, um, and yeah, deepest of respect to Spurk and the <sighs> original Spurksters, I suppose. And, uh,
0: yes. Yeah, I, I'm Trekkie. I love the Trek. And <laughs> uh, I liked this fic a lot. <laughs> you just lie on our podcast. <laughs> I'm literally it's Trekkie. Are you kidding okay. me? Lieutenant Uhura. Got him. All right. What about her? No,
2: hold on. Say something about her.
0: Uh, she's played by Zoe something or other. Um, I don't remember the actress's name. Um, she, she's a linguist. She knows all the languages. She makes out with Spock in the movies. Killed it, anyway. Now that if yeah, you're done gatekeeping. Oh, God. Anyway. Ficklets mm. out there, if you want to say that you're a Trekkie, I'm not going to stop you because I think that you should be allowed to enjoy something however I'm much you want. I'm not going to
1: stop the ficklets. i no, was just questioning you. you.
0: <laughs> That's so mean.
2: It's you whose lies we have to listen to. Like, listen, <laughs> I also watched. I also
0: watched the new movies with Brenna. I believe we saw the last one when it came out in theaters, like fairly early on in our friendship.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember which one we saw. I think it was the and last like, one. Timing. Because I I definitely watched, like, the
0: first one either with you or, like, live tweeting or whatever at you while I was watching it. Because I was like, oh, shoot, the movie's coming out and we're going to go see it. I should, like, get myself together. Um. Anyway, so I enjoy it. Um, I really, really liked Jim's arc in this story. I agree. I thought his drama was super like engaging and well handled, especially like not just like his drama was fun to read about, but like the way that it was portrayed and the way that we got to see him growing from it and like other people in his life pushing back against the things that it was telling him. I loved that. I loved his relationship with his brother. It was so cool in this story. Um, it's really, I've been thinking a lot lately about how in so many fandoms, characters for for whatever reason depending on like the fandom itself their family just kind of gets written out of fic um it it depends on the kind of fic and like what their situation is in the canon and stuff but i was like dang when was the last time i read about like a really solid brother relationship in a fic it's like been a while um so i enjoyed that actually don't quote me what if we did one recently and i didn't remember it's fine i don't think we did Reid's gonna fact check me. In the meantime, I just thought it was like, oh, like I love that at the beginning we're like, oh, Sam, you're such a pain, and then at the end we're like, dang, Sam, you're doing your best. Uh oh.
2: Shane's brother in Maelstrom, which we talked oh. about before. Okay, the anniversary that's fine, does that count? That's,
0: no, that's not like a the fix. Not about that relationship. He's mm-hmm, just there. said
2: a good a good family relationship. I was like, there was one. I was present. Anyway, well, if you'd read really my would. mind to know what I meant, maybe it would be different. <laughs> Okay, well, we have to work on our mind-melding, I guess. (laughs)
0: Okay, sounds good. Um in our anniversary episode, we did talk about the fact that like, we all kind of have our no-goes on fic, and that some of those have changed over time, just like depending on the person and what the thing is. I personally, A, I just don't like reading about infidelity at all. Um, that is a really minor thing that comes up in this fic, and I, it's, it's really not infidelity, it's more of a miscommunication. Um, and then I also have asked in the past that we not do anything that deals with like eating disorders or starvation. Tarsus IV has always been kind of right on the edge for a long time. I know Brenna has I'd been wanting to bring a Tarsus 4 fic for a while. And finally, I was like, let's just do it. Um, and I really liked it. I like the way that it was handled here. Um, I felt good about, you know, reading it and getting to discuss it. So there's your bonus peek behind the curtain after we threw the curtains open last episode <laughs> <laughs> on some of the kind of how we come to pick fix and
1: like chat
0: about the content before we actually land on them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like Tarsus 4 is one of those fascinating things that I could probably do a whole mini-sode on because it's so small in canon like it's literally something that's like mentioned in like one original series episode it's not even mentioned in alternate original series like but fanon has built it out a lot because to be honest it's like kirk as a character kind of needs trauma to like work like (laughs) otherwise he's kind of just like not as interesting because then he's (laughs) just like this cocky boy who like got lucky with everything and like original or like alternate original series gave him sort of some trauma from, like, not having a father and, like, growing up in the situation he did and stuff, but, like, in original series, like, he presumably has a dad, like, it's fine, like, all that stuff never happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of a jerk. (laughs) I mean, I love Kirk in, like, every iteration, but, like, I feel like to, like to make him an interesting character in fic like it really works to sort of lump some other things on that he's trying to deal with and like they sort of explain parts of his personality and Tarsus 4 is like something people really latched on to for that also like I don't know if there's an official way to pronounce this, this I'm just pronouncing it like how I read it phonetically but like Tarsus <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I feel like because we don't really know a ton of like there isn't a lot of canon of, like, what happened. People write it in very different ways, and some fix gravitate towards one element or another element of that narrative. So this was one that, like, emphasized a lot, sort of, like... It didn't really emphasize a lot of, like, the starvation parts. It emphasized other parts of his trauma, um, which I think also, like, made me a little bit more like, can we bring it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, we're fine with, like, gore, right? We're <laughs> good with that. <laughs> um no, but I think it's just, like, it is really interesting to me, like, I love things that are, like, established fanon, and, like, have become part of, like, how fandom views a character, even if it's not really that much in canon, and, like, this is one of those that I feel like is such a rich, like, area to mine in fanfiction, and I think this fic does a really good job of it. Um Yeah, also speaking of, like, different Kirks, I think it's really interesting here, Um, like, this is a Kirk who is recognizably Kirk, but also is not really an established character. So like the author has really had a lot of room to play in a way that I found really like entertaining. I think a lot of the character elements of him feel very Kirk, but like it writes this whole different backstory for him where he's like working in this intelligence like agency and like doing all these crazy missions. And like, uh, it's, it's just really interesting, I think. Like I love that sort of aspect of like, what can we do in these like different scenarios and like the room that we have to play here? Um, I think it is rather like, oh, Kirk and Spock meet and they fall in love. I mean, again, I am I am a Spirkster, I'm a Spirk truther, so like, um, I don't really have any problem with this, but I do think like some of Kirk's other relationships, both the one that he has with himself, the one that he has with his brother, like, all of that was equally if not more interesting to me than his relationship with spock here and also like i mean to the author's credit like we have never seen this kirk and spock interact we've certainly seen the other ones interact like we don't really know what's gonna be up with these two like uh, maybe we'll find out in strange new world season two (laughs) maybe they'll (laughs) fall into insta-love maybe like literally we don't know (laughs) they probably won't but like okay i do I mean. <laughs> so be it would be absolutely After all incredible these
0: <laughs> they meet and by the next episode they're making out
1: yeah i want the cbs <laughs> writers to be like okay we need to like go bold with this one you know yeah. to boldly go where no star trek adaptation has gone before let's think, make them yeah, that's kiss what, that's what that slogan is about yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, My little, like, to boldly go poster. Like, that's what I was referring <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, I, I, that's something I, like, speaking of just things that we love in fanfiction in this episode, like, something that I love so much is, like, canon divergence and, like, room to play. And I think it's so interesting, too, in a sort of canon like Star Trek and a lot of other like kind of big franchises. I think Star Wars has a very similar one. Like, I don't know, anything where we've just seen all of these parts of the story and people who are writing canon kind of keep reinventing canon. Like, it's fun to see what fic writers also do when kind of given so much canon space to play. Like, it's not necessarily not canon because like we don't like canon is so big it's really not like one defined book it's a vast number of tv shows and movies and like spin-off stuff and like it's big and like i love that i don't know i just think it's really fun to read Fix like in a world that's so both so well known and so well trodden and also so expansive um yeah
2: this is making me think about. I was recently reading a fic as I was doing research for our next episode, um, where the author was like, "This takes place within the within my personal mind palace's Franken canon." Um, <laughs> they were referring oh, yeah. to the novel and the show of The Untamed, but um, but yeah, I also very much love when things that a fake author is doing, like maybe aren't canon, but aren't like also aren't not canon. Like when there's so much room to play, in that things can be both true and also a and invention, I really love that intersection. And going back a little bit, Brent, to what you were saying about uh like if if Jim doesn't have all of this trauma, then he's just kind of like a cocky douchebag. Um hey, That's exactly what Brenna douchebag. said. <laughs> well, I love that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, but I'm not wrong. Like that is Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well, one of the bits of okay. If Jim doesn't have trauma, <laughs> then he's a cocky man flirty know-it-all ma- not know-it-all but whatever
1: yeah no he's kind of a d-bag like you're not
2: wrong okay thank you anyway i also like kirk well, he's a lot a lovable douchebag <laughs> yeah, well, brenna you literally know that my character type is lovable douchebag with trauma I know. Like, I know,
1: <laughs> i'm not saying
2: it dismissively um but one of the things about this kirk's backstory that fucked me up so bad was his position as an intelligence officer within starfleet and how they treat him like garbage they keep sending him out on these missions with absolutely no regard for his like personal safety or well-being or anything um and it gets to a point where the members of the enterprise are like you need to quit you are literally going to die in this job and you need to quit and the fic reads If all the dirty razor's edge work he'd spent the last half decade doing hasn't been in service of something greater, if all the sacrifices he's made weren't really necessary, then Jim's just a boy who never left Tarsus, a boy who never did anything with his pain but let it grow older.
0: Reed, I hate you. That's the only quote I pulled out of the whole (laughs) thing. What am I going to do
2: now? (laughs) Well, you can talk about it because... (laughs) I'm going to read it again later. uh, Okay, if you want to. Okay, fine. But I think for me that informs so much of this Kirk That he's still holding on to all of this like pain and trauma from the past. That he feels like the only thing he does that is worthwhile is sort of throwing himself headfirst into mission after mission after mission. Because if he's not giving all of himself, then what is he doing? He views his life as more or less worthless, so why not put it on the line in sacrifice for something greater? And if that has all been for nothing, then like he is just broken. It is horrible. And I don't know. To me, that was the thesis of the kirk of this fic and as part of i think why i liked him so much i don't know that feels like weird to say oh no, look real, at this though. fucked up boy this is why i like him <laughs> no, that's how like, it that is. is kind of like
1: fan fiction yeah. <laughs> 101 it's like hey here's my little white boy well it doesn't have to be white but like a lot of oft often sorry fandom but you know what i mean like here's my little boy let's traumatize him to make him interesting
0: <laughs> yeah it's lump <laughs> I would also love to talk about trauma for a moment, uh, put on my little psychology hat, my, yeah. my jaunty cap. Um, and yeah, so I think something that is so interesting about this Kirk is that oftentimes, right, when someone is in a traumatic situation, when they don't have control over stuff, they later in life will engage in very risky behavior uh, for various reasons. But part of that is like oftentimes a control thing of, you know, I am the one putting myself into this hard situation. I am the one who is like making these decisions, because if things are going to be bad, then at least I had a say in how they're bad. Um, And I think with this Kirk, especially, and especially lined up with that quote that Reed just read, the thing about believing and like internalizing that you are the source of the problem, even if something else happened to you, and you had no control over that situation, is that you always carry yourself with you, which means that a way of kind of taking all of this out is to punish yourself because yourself is the one that you have accessible to punish. And so that feels very real to this Kirk here. Um, And that's part of why it is so immensely difficult for him over the course of this story. And I imagine over the course of the rest of his life, sorry, Jim, it's a tough one. Um, It's, it's so hard to let go of this idea that I know what's wrong. I know what's wrong. The thing that's wrong is just that I'm bad. That I have done bad, that I am worthless, that I can't, that I can't fix things, because if you treat yourself as a lost cause, then you don't have to get better. I don't know; it's a very complicated and tricky thing. Um, I'm speaking in generalities and also to this Kirk specifically, but I'm always really interested in these explorations of how learning these patterns when you are young or in the past at any point can really really have such a heavy impact on the person that you become later in life and also that those patterns are not irreversible
1: i think this fic also does something that's very classic in fanfic which is i am this messed up person and i will only sort of believe that someone loves me if they see me fully and still make that choice and like this one does it unsurprisingly through a mind melt (laughs) So we kind of I think one of the reasons this fic is like, yeah, baby, they're in love is because very early on they sort of have this experience of like seeing all of each other's like memories and being very familiar with what the other person has gone through. And I think that like sort of opens up this channel for Kirk to like believe in this thing more Um, because it really is that sort of like classic thing again of like, well, does this person like know the true me like I am broken and messed up and like who will ever like love me you know like i can't even really love myself um so i mean this is why like enemies to lovers fan fiction is popular like etc um this is why like a soul bond and like soulmate fan fiction is popular like etc um, Force proximity snowed in together mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. of these things where it's like you're forced to learn about this person in some way and like once you know their true self and you still choose to love them, like that is sort of like the biggest and most powerful choice you can make in the universe, right like that's such a central tenet to <laughs> fan fiction. Um, and this this one once again executes it and like I do think it's very like, I think like the Insta love is a little bit more earned because of like the uh, mind meld aspect and also like because of sort of like what we know of Kirk as like a character in this, and like because yeah, of the skip sort the of small like, talk. <laughs> they really they don't even have a chance to do any. <laughs> um it's so it's just like they're in each other's brains now. Great. Have fun, boys. So one
0: of my favorite things about the way that this fic ends is that Jim eventually ends up going to not really like in a way that he's excited about this like kind of memorial about Tarsus it's like a talk about it that also is meant to like honor what happened there um and he gets to see a couple of people that were there the same time that he was there is a lot of stuff that happens in that scene um and he like stuff is getting kicked up for him for sure but it felt like a really kind of lovely cap to put on the end of this fic um, it's not the exact end, but it felt like such a smart, good place to take this story. Um, I don't imagine this memorial talk is in the canon of Star Trek. Um, maybe anywhere, but probably at least not in Strange New Worlds. So, it just seemed like a very like I don't know, a very clever decision for the author to bring things around in a very literal way. I always love like making concepts literal. We have like the literal vulnerability with a mind meld. We have the literal kind of like path to healing via finally being able to face the past and look at things without it totally activating every single thing inside of you. Uh, We have the literalization of... Bach and Kirk talking about their feelings at the end. I don't know if that one counts in the same way, but they do have a nice conversation and kiss, kiss, fall in love, etc. cetera. Um, I just really liked that. I thought it was smart and I am super picky about endings. So I really appreciated that I liked this one in this story and the way that it was played out.
2: I ended Nick's fic discussion uh, pulling a quote that made me gourdless. Um, I also just want to pull a quote here, but this one I think is just going to make both of my co-hosts roll their eyes at me. And it is a bit where uh Kirk and Spock sort of right before they go to sleep to mind melt, are hooking up very intensely, and there's a line that reads, "Jim bites down and tastes blood and wakes up and finds blood in his mouth." And obviously the only thing I could think of was, "Sorry about the blood in your mouth. I wish it was mine." <laughs> and that really colored how I read like that scene and a lot of them. Oh, the I really thought scenes. you were gonna
0: say like he's become a vampire.
2: Vampire! Wait, this
1: segues perfectly because do you guys want to know something wild? Yeah, please. I guess. The guy who plays uh Kirk in Strange New World is one of the guys from the vampire diary. Yes, <laughs> let's go. Wait, which a guy? I don't know their name. Me neither, actually. <laughs> I don't know, like the less broody brother, I guess, from like the CW promos I used to see. I'll have to
0: look. Okay, I'll look it up. Uh, That's wild. Wow, yeah, I was still imagining Chris Pine for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think like it's so valid to read this. Imagining Chris Pine. (laughs) Um, Chris Pine is a vampire.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I was not going for Vampire Kirk. I was going for (laughs) Richard Sykin quote that everyone loves. A classic. Yeah, I like Vampire Kirk. Put Kirk in the Vampire Diaries. i hate it let's get
1: out of here really quick before we go any further okay thanks for listening to this discussion of our fic we gotta exit quickly um before we get carried away any further down terrible terrible paths in my fic uh Kirk gets injured and has to be healed through some really kind of interesting methods, like a mind meld. Uh, In the next fic, Vex gets injured and has to be healed, like, in really normal ways. (laughs) 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 That's true.
2: My fic this episode is Shut Up and Take My Money by Attila for Critical Role, Campaign 1 specifically. The pairing is Jarrett, Vexalia. Uh, it is a modern AU. We have the tags alternate universe coffee shops and cafes, but also the tag alternate universe criminals. Um, and those two things are both equally applicable, which seems like they shouldn't be, but they are. If I were to bring this fic for our, like, Tropes We Don't Like episode, I would have fucking crushed it, personally, um, uh-huh. because coffee shops and cafes is... a uh, trope that i mm. very much grew out of um i read some early in my fandoming, and then was like i am sick of this uh, but I this think one you would have done well but this also is
0: not a traditional coffee shop au i think I but it's okay, some no, do, do,
2: they literally run and work in a coffee shop she Nick, goes do on not heists. take this away from me do not t- yeah they do both both t- okay let me explain the fic for you first <laughs> um we have the I almost like the the cast of Vox Machina. That's not right. The characters, the crew uh-huh. of Vox Machina. Um, mostly we have Vex and Vax. Uh, a lot of them are just off doing things like Grog and Scanlan and Pike are not really on screen. Um, at the beginning of this fic, Vax and Keyleth are also off doing other things. Um, Having
0: an ex's reconciliation trip. Which is so which good. Which I love so much.
2: Yeah. Um, yes, so the premise is that the crew of Vox machina are criminals. They steal things specifically like art thieves, and the way that they launder their money is through a coffee shop that they all own, which I love. What a bonkers concept. um so they are running this coffee shop, but because they're all also busy being criminals, there frequently are not enough people to actually oh, I didn't mention Percy, Percy's here too, sorry. <laughs> I was just talking about him, about him with nick before we started this discussion how could you forget
1: yeah I, my main man so important yeah Brenna, catch up on campaign three of crit Roll. <laughs>
2: um it's i important. don't know
1: that i can but i could try okay. i suppose
2: okay Yes, because they are all busy running heists and being criminals, there's actually not enough people to staff the coffee shop, so Vex is sort of bullied by Vax into hiring someone. If you are not a crit role person, by the way, Vex and Vax are twins. That was intentional. Their names are just like that. Sorry. It's
0: Vexalia and Vaxeldan.
2: Sure. But, you know, I'm Vex. That's Vax or whatever the thing is. Yes. <laughs> um I say whatever the thing is, of the three hosts, uh, I know the least about Campaign One. I've osmosized a lot by being friends with them and with Cassie, who, shout out, thank you Cassie, you wrecked this in the FitClick server some amount of time ago. I don't know what on earth I was searching that brought me back to when you wrecked this, but it was delightful. <laughs> um, yes, I know the least about Campaign One, but that's fine, because as I said, this is a modern AU, so mostly I think you can just read this as like a loving cast of OCs if you're not really familiar with crit CritRole. Um, it is pretty funny and lighthearted it is very funny and it is very fairly lighthearted uh so there's not a whole lot of content warnings the only real ones that I will give are off-screen violence and in that off-screen violence uh spoilers Vex gets shot so a good chunk of this fic is also her recovering from a gunshot wound um she's fine as Nick said in the intro the other character of interest is Jarrett who I gather was a guard in the um original canon And here is the dude that they hire because they need someone to staff the shop. This, yeah, I just had so much fun with this. This fic was really, really funny. I was audibly laughing through a lot of it um, on both my first and my reread. And yeah, knowing that both of my co-hosts are uh, fans of these characters, I thought they might enjoy it as well. But uh, yeah, I will let you both talk about it. What were your thoughts? (laughs) Oh, I
0: love campaign one so much. Wow, my kids, Vox Machina, whom I am always biased towards. (laughs) Um, I'm enjoying campaign three right now. I enjoyed the bits of campaign two that I watched, but I am so Vox Machina till I die, if you will. They're my stony. Um, I (laughs) am a big fan. I technically have read this fic twice. Um, I have zero recollection of the first time I read it. I don't know what happened. I don't know where my head was. I went to leave kudos after reading it and being like, wow, I liked this fic. And it told me I'd already left kudos. (laughs) And it's actually still haunting me, uh, because likely it was like years ago at this point. So I guess we'll, uh, We'll never find out probably what happened there, Um, but I enjoyed it very much on this read. I love the twins so much. Vex is definitely one of my favorite characters of Campaign 1. She is so iconic and good. Jarrett, even if you have seen all of Campaign 1, I think it's fair to be like, I don't remember that much about Jarrett. He's not a huge character. He's an NPC. He's a... a guard at Whitestone ends up being one of like the head guards um also I did I think I mentioned this earlier does acquire drugs for Scanlan um which the group only finds out about after Sam as Scanlan leaves the party briefly <laughs> so they're like, what do we do with these drugs now? It's a whole thing. uh poor Jarrett. we love him though he's flirty he's confident he's a cool dude um I think a bit of a fandom favorite um. Which is why there's fic about him. (laughs) There's a lot of other NPCs that probably get more airtime that do not get a lot of fanfiction from this fandom. So shout out to him and to Matt, I suppose, for that. Um, I think one of my favorite things about this fic was a combination of the pacing and humor. I think it just worked super well. It combines a lot of genres. It does a lot of things all at once. But I think in keeping it fairly lighthearted, in really leaning into some of these, like, romance novel tropes, frankly, um, I think it works super well. And I read it very quickly. (laughs) Um, And that is a positive thing. I got through it so fast and was like, that was a really fun ride. So I enjoyed it. Looking forward to saying more
1: yeah i had a lot of fun with this i will say i think um if you are a fan of the book legends and lattes you might really enjoy this (laughs) piece of fan fiction and if you really enjoyed this piece of fan fiction you might really enjoy the book legends and lattes um they're a little bit different obviously but like i think they have a lot of like similar vibes and like i don't know some other similarities to them so that's just like my recommendation um for our listeners uh yeah it was very fun to revisit these characters i mean i think like vox machina is a a fan favorite here on fit click um critical role is in general we we really love that i don't even know what to call it series um it's like not like a podcast show show. (laughs) um (laughs) it comes you can consume it in many formats (laughs) Um, actual play ttrpg yeah true um And we also love Dungeons and Dragons over here. So um, a lot of things about, I think, this fic and also, like, its source material cater to the three of us. Um, So it's always a good time, I think, when we bring a critical role fic. Uh, Yeah, I think, sort of as Nick was alluding to, like, I want to give a big shout out to Matt in general for his, like, character work and his OC creation. I think you have to do a good job at it to, like, kind of do his job and to, like, be the DM on one of these, like, actual play, like, you know either shows or podcasts um but yeah i think it's just like really impressive and something that we like don't necessarily give a ton of credit to all the time like we take it for granted i think um not just with matt but like you know with i guess people we could consider like his contemporaries <laughs> i can't think of the right word um but like other people kind of also doing that same job um I also think it's really interesting that here we have a fic that kind of has a player character slash OC relationship, um, because that's not something that we see a ton in fan fiction about sort of TTRPG um, <laughs> fandoms. Um, like, I can't really think of that. Vox,
0: Gilmore, Taco Kravitz.
1: Yeah. A few,
0: but I think a few, for the for most sure. part, the main characters are the player characters. So occasionally you'll get like an exciting exception to the rule, but it definitely is not the... The, the main thing going on in the campaign
2: well especially when there's like canonical relationships that are not <laughs> yes. pc npc right um which i'll get into more but i want to let you finish your thought Bren. yeah i think i think kind of particularly in
1: like when it's a non-canonical ship that like fans are coming up with i think it's oftentimes less common although not rare to see like player character oc well not oc player character npc um ships i my verbiage today is really like not my brain is not hanging on even more rare to the (laughs) (laughs) yeah player character oc is probably quite rare (laughs) um but but never say never i mean people are out there doing all kinds of things i don't know what i'm talking about someone take over
2: (laughs) (laughs) well sort of to to touch on what we were just saying about the relationships um Per my knowledge, there is no sort of Vex Jarrett thing that happens in canon. Like Nick, you mentioned Vax Gilmore; they
0: have a fun dynamic, but it's that, like they know each other. I think Vex is probably the closest to Jarrett out of any of the player characters, but they're not like dating or anything.
2: Yeah, versus like you had mentioned Vax Gilmore, which I think had a little bit more canon behind it. Um, yeah. And one thing that I thought this fic did so, so well, in addition to its humor, was how it used its exposition to fill us in on where this AU stood in relation to canon, Um, because you have Vaxleth, a.k.a. Vax and Keeleth, who canonically do get together, but in this fic, um, they tried dating, broke up, made things incredibly awkward for everyone, and are now trying to reconcile by going on a heist together in Europe, which, (laughs) conceptually, fucking incredible. like literally Vex telling Vex, like, hey, we're gonna be out of the country for a bit. We're gonna try to make things not weird. Like, sure, besties, why not? Um, yeah, and then you have Vex Jarrett, where the canon is Vex Percy, which looks um very different than how this relationship looks. Um, the one thing I will say about Vex Jarrett, this didn't really feel worth a content warning, but I will just throw it out here. Um, as mentioned. They all run this coffee shop and they do, or Vex specifically, hires Jarrett to work there. They have a flirtatious relationship from the beginning. This does not feel like a weird employee, like boss, bad power dynamics. Like that is not, they do flirt and they they do get together and the vibes are not like some weird bad power dynamic. But I did just want to throw that out there.
0: They're self-aware about it and Vex also hates running this coffee shop. (laughs) <laughs> she doesn't want to yeah. have to pay anyone anything ever she is sick of it it's a front for they're like a heist money basically <laughs> so she does it but it's not like ah, oh, this company is my baby and i'm gonna micromanage my employee it's like wow this guy i just hired despite not wanting to spend money ever is sexy as hell
1: <laughs> and also like can you basically just do everything so i don't yeah. actually have to like remember i own a coffee shop yeah. <laughs> yeah is now the right time to mention how long i spent in my life like not understanding what money laundering was (laughs) oh please yes it is it is i don't know i don't have a ton more to elaborate just like for so long like we get mentioned in things people like oh this is a front for money laundering and i'm like nodding like i have any clue what (laughs) that means or entail i don't like i feel like it's only in like the last couple years that i was actually like Oh, so like this happens and that's what they're doing. And I was always like, before I was like, okay, well, they're like cleaning money, which I know is like, they're not actually like washing it. But like, I don't really know what is happening. Money laundering is Um, when
0: criminals feel the urge to open up a shop of some sort is what i heard that's my understanding
1: yeah definitely or like when a criminal's grandma is like i want to run an italian restaurant and then the criminal's like yeah i can fund that yeah exactly exactly yeah i think they have crushed it
0: yeah just for any listeners who don't know oh man yeah i like this fic a lot i think like the the flirty relationship it like this fic felt so much like a romance novella to me um it's a little on the shorter side i think to be a novella but still uh it were a novelette if you will Um, it's got some real good tropes. It's got the sort of attraction at first sight. It's got, okay, the one thing I don't like about it (laughs) and about Jarrett is that he's like ex-military, which makes sense with the Whitestone guard parallel. Like, I completely understand why the author did that. It just feels like such a romance trope that I'm like, ah, (laughs) I don't like this man. (laughs) However, uh, then you also have the, like, injury and the caretaking and the, like, calling someone when you're bleeding in an alley. Like, can you come get me? <laughs> it's romantic. I don't know
1: how to explain to you that it's so romantic. Um, bleeding he... out is inherently romantic. Well... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part I was I love. I love to bleed out in an alley as a romantic gesture to <laughs> and, other. I
0: call my love interest and have them come and, like, professionally stitch me up. Mm -hmm. and then i go and i'm in their bed and they're like tending to me very kindly while still also like taking care of different affairs at the shop and such and like calling the people that need to know that i'm injured i
1: mean the hurt comfort after the injury was very romantic i just feel like the actual injury itself was like i don't don't even know that it was like it's not just that being injured isn't inherently romantic, but just like Jarrett's reaction to it. That wasn't necessarily like, oh, wow. And I'm realizing I'm in love with you. <laughs> no. Okay, I
2: No, but I like argue, <laughs> well, but I argue though, the fact that he, not nonplussed, but he goes, he picks up Vex, does not ask questions, is not like, hello, yeah. my boss who supposedly only runs a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Why are you bleeding out now? He is so chill about it. And I feel like that could be romantic mm-hmm. and the like i'm not gonna sell you out in fact i'm not even thinking yes. about selling you out i will just be very chill about the fact that you are doing super illegal stuff yeah vex's constant concern
0: that he's a fed throughout this is so yeah. funny
2: <laughs> okay i was gonna say something that was really fun for me reading this is as someone who did not know who jarrett was going in um i did like a very brief wiki search and you know found out he was a white stone guard and i was like that's good enough for me i'll go in with no other knowledge um very early on before vex hires him she calls a contact and she's like can you do some background digging which is where we find out that he's ex-military but the the like contact is like he seems clean like i don't think he is someone with a vendetta against your group i don't think he is like a fed trying to like catch you guys blah blah blah. and as a reader i was not exactly waiting for the other shoe to drop like this fic was too lighthearted. i think to have some sort of like serious intense betrayal but i was a little bit like what is up with this dude what is his deal because he is so resoundly chill about things that like i would not be chill about like hello he asks so few questions yeah um <laughs> and th- it turns out like he doesn't really have a deal not like a secret one like there's no nah, just a cool dude yeah there is no other shoe to drop he just is like all right i'm in it that's fine like, there is a bit at the very end of the fic where uh, they are making out sort of on the counter where Vex is like, we're, we're criminals. That's what we do. This this coffee shop is a front. I have like a Monet in a freezer storage or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just like lays out the whole thing. And he's like, all right. And she's like, if that's an issue, tell me now. And he's like, it's not. Can we make out again? And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, I know. Jared, I do think like, buddy, your
0: self-preservation instinct is a little questionable here. Um, though I do respect your belief that you can take care of yourself, so whatever, it's fine that my girlfriend is a hot criminal. Like, I do actually respect that a lot. (laughs) It's just really funny.
1: Also, like, I will say, as much as I don't enjoy the sort of, like, ex-military cop-adjacent backstory for love interest i do enjoy the sort of like i've been super not just like straight edge but like i i believe in the law and this way of doing things except i've been seduced by a criminal (laughs) And like any media i think is Uh fun actually um i do kind of just love the person who's always been very like this is my way of doing things and it generally aligns with like the kind of quote like morally responsible, like law abiding citizen type of thing and like, oh hello, this criminal's really hot though. <laughs> it's like let's just let's just not take too close a look at some of their behavior.
2: <laughs> this is not quite the same thing but this really is just brennan and i have been watching white collar and we keep yes. laughing about like <laughs> the amount that like peter is like neil like we do not do illegal things and then neil's like i did an illegal thing and peter's like ah all right i guess that's why or, like, like, or <laughs> neil's
1: literally like peter can we do this illegal thing please it would be really good for this case and peter's like yes i will do this illegal thing with you because i'm gonna say that it's actually legal for the purposes of this fbi
2: case the amount of stuff that peter just lets him get away with or like actively enables
1: is so like it's because we all know that peter secretly wants to be out doing the criminal fun thing with neil but like has to do his little boring fbi job and like yeah that's exactly what i was thinking about when i was (laughs) talking about jareth and this thing yeah you would love
0: the story of the serpent and eve in the garden of eden (laughs)
2: Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Corruption, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really like how everything gets blamed on Eve all the time, but I have some qualms, but that's fair. I also have some qualms with the Bible. (laughs) i like the version of the story of eve and the serpent that's at the very beginning of the book good omens um does that count (laughs) yeah 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 i think that. okay cool what the heck is the the like um
0: the book but it's a poem and verse it's a classic about like the bible story
1: help i was gonna help. say beowulf until you guys it. No, no help it's like such an obvious one this i the tip of my literally tongue. don't know what you're talking about guys i wasn't an english major i don't have to know this hold
0: on think... this is gonna bother me for the rest of my life
2: <laughs> for the rest for the rest of the 15 seconds it takes you to google search. i don't know how
0: to s- i don't know what to search yeah i don't know and what like, you're can looking you
2: give for me more information on oh, what yeah. you're talking about
0: it's literally it's literally like the, the uh, uh, hold on <laughs> It's uh, Paradise Lost
1: <laughs> by John Milton. Oh, oh I was not going to get that. I, yeah. never, I don't know what it is. Anyway, I can Barnard, I try it, again? You would love yeah. Paradise Lost by John Milton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not going to read it, but thanks. I feel like my, good. I feel like I missed my opportunity in like college and I'm I good now. In high school, I think. It was or good high though. school. Yeah. I missed my opportunity while in school. <laughs> I'll
0: send it to you. I'll send
1: you a PDF. Well, back to this fic.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: can I I'm sorry, we're not gonna launch into like a Socratic seminar discussion of Paradise
2: Lost now. You, uh, listen, if Nick wants to spearhead that, go okay, ahead.
1: I don't really quick. I don't um, have the facilities to do that. notes Paradise Lost.
0: <laughs> Yeah, hold on, let me look at the Wikipedia summary really quick and I can in blank Lord.
2: first. Well, since we're not getting a Socratic seminar on Paradise Lost, I don't think not today. Um I do just want to talk about how much I freaking loved Vax and Vex in this fic and their relationship. Um, Their back and forth is so good. It's set up so well immediately from the beginning. They're bickering, but they're bickering in that way that is so clearly representative of, like, a deep, deep sibling bond where you love one another to the core and also probably get annoyed with them on a daily basis. Um,
1: I don't know what that's like. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know what that's like.
2: <laughs> I mean, my brother and I do not have that vibe, but Nick, I am thinking about how much you and your sister love to do things that just make your mom upset. <laughs> like, bickering with each other, not because you're actually bickering, but she because... She thinks we're
0: fighting, but we're just having fun because it makes her mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good
2: times. Um, Sorry. These that. two are bickering for the sake of annoying each other, but, like, there is always that, like, implicit, like, I would do anything for you, which is really emphasized by... uh vex gets shot uh calls Vex, and he's like why the fuck are you calling me i'm in europe i can't do it. which i think i i think implies that they're in america i thought that this was all set in europe for a little while but then i realized i think the coffee shops in the u.s it's unclear anyway yeah he's cr- like oh, why-
0: <laughs> they tend to just kind of put people wherever in
2: modern a use which i think is fair sure um he's like why are you calling me call literally anyone else who can help you uh, and then she hangs up on him and calls Jarrett. So, uh, Vax and Keela take an abrupt departure. I think successful heist, they come back. Um, and Vax is doing that, like, you know, that thing of like, I'm so worried about you that I don't know how to express it except to sort of nag you and be like, How the fuck could you be so dumb as to get shot by the mafia? But I, I just like, I don't know, I find their dynamic in this wonderful and hilarious and even though the fic was short-ish and lighthearted, I think was really representative of a very, very rich and deep relationship that could be so easily, like, expanded upon if the author wanted to, or that you as the reader can just sort of imagine.
0: The twins are so good, and they're so important, and I think constantly of, okay, spoilers for campaign one, but, like, Vax's death scene when he's saying goodbye to everyone, and Vex is like, I feel like you're, you're ripping out a piece of my heart – And and Vax replies, I will take it with me and (laughs) keep it safe to remind me of you. Anyway, I'm so upset. I love them so dearly. I do think that relationship was one of my favorite ones here. I am like an incorrigible Vaxlither. I think because people hated Vax and Keyleth as a couple so much and also just hated Keyleth in general, I decided that uh, even if they are frequently extremely cringy and kind of a mess, I was just going to become obsessed with them. So always tough for me when fic breaks them up um but i thought it was actually done really well in this case and i loved their kind of ex's heist trip to reconcile i thought it was quite funny
2: the fact that like vex is in jared's bed recovering and is like looking at the two of them is like how did it go and they're like yeah we're working on it
0: as well as it could have gone probably
2: i also do feel like this is probably a good place to shout out question mark. Um when Nick and I lived together, our Wi-Fi password was Vexleth sixty eight. Vexlet yeah. not Vaxleth, Vexleth, Vexlet. Vexlet, uh, yeah. Women. Hello women. But it had to be sixty eight because I said sixty nine and Nick was like what if my parents ever happen to visit and need to connect to our Wi-Fi? It can't be 69, it has to be 68.
0: Yeah. And they did, so thankfully it worked out.
2: Yeah. And then recently I got a text from Nick as they were catching up on Crit Roll that just said Vexleth 68. So I don't know what that refers to, but like It's really shout important, Read, Okay. For <laughs> God's
0: sake, catch up. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
2: it's horror. When
0: Vexleth
2: or 68. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: I think the last thing that I want to say about this fic is that it felt like such a celebration of these characters in a way that I really love. These, like Vox Machina, have the most traditional D and D archetypes by far of any crit role campaign. They are very, very archetypal characters. And they also are not a lawful good party. And so, especially the twins, I think they have very, like, shadowy backstories and very complicated relationships with morality and goodness. Vex in the campaign drops down to neutral at one point. Uh, from good so she becomes I believe chaotic neutral uh, which was a really interesting point in the campaign and I know Laura who plays Vex had some feelings about it Um, but I love how much that was reflected here that they can be this ragtag group that love each other so much that like will do what it takes to keep each other safe but especially in like the real world where I hate to say, like, heroes don't exist in the way that they do in D&D, right? You can't uncomplicatedly save the world. And so I really like that we still get that reflection of the parts of them that, like, we'll just do whatever it takes to be content and happy and have enough money and take care of the people they love, and then that's enough for them. It felt very true to Vox Machina, and I thought that it was executed super well in this story.
2: Yeah, I think this was just a very fun and enjoyable ride of a fic, Probably extra delightful if you are familiar with the Campaign 1 characters, but honestly, pretty enjoyable, even if you don't have a whole lot of knowledge. Just very funny. Very good. We love the twins. That's all I have to say about this fic.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of FicClick. Sorry that we promised you it would be themed and then it wasn't, although... We did offer you some potential themes at the top of the episode, and perhaps you also crafted one in your own mind. Let us know if you did. Um, If you'd like to connect with us in other places, um, you can find us on Twitter at FitClick. Uh, You can also email us at FitClickPod at gmail.com if you have long-form thoughts, if you'd like to just send us some maybe fan generated memes we got a lot of those around our anniversary which was absolutely delightful um and if you'd like to chat with us and other thicklets, you can also join our discord server the link to that is also
2: on our twitter if you would like to support the pod there are a couple ways you can do that we have some banger merch on Redbubble, designed by Brenna and friend of the pod, Tiffany, um, which you can find the link to our Redbubble on our Twitter. And you can also find a link to our newly launched Ko-Fi, or coffee. I don't know how the kids say it. I'm going to say Ko-Fi, because that's what makes sense yeah, to my I don't brain. Know,
0: we're not the kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are not the kids. I'm ancient. Oh. We talked about it a little bit last episode, if you want more details, but essentially, if you feel like... Tossing us a little bit of money to go towards just podcast hosting costs and the like. Um, We would really appreciate it. There is no content that is behind a paywall. It is kind of just a tip jar. Uh, And you can find that at ko-fi.com slash fitclick.
0: God, Fitclick is so good. The hosts always have incredible opinions, and I love listening every two weeks. That's an example of a review you could leave us on any podcasting platform that you're listening to us on that allows for reviews. It's also an example of a blog post you could make on your personal blog. You could make a TikTok. Wow, Ficklick is so good while you're doing one of those dances, uh, letting the people know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have so many options of ways that you can tell the world about Fit, Click. We're a small pod, we grow almost exclusively by word of mouth, so we always appreciate a shout out. Uh, finally, on our list of stuff that's cool about this show that you can do in the outro that everyone loves to listen to the whole way through, we are going to be at ConfabCon or ConfabulationCon on Saturday, October 22nd uh, at 10am Pacific Time, 12pm noon Central Time, which is what the con runs on. Uh, if if you would like to come to our panel, we'll be talking about fanish podcasting, what goes into like making a show that has longevity with your friends, how to not have your friendships explode while you're doing it, um, and some logistics too. If you ever want to set up a fanish podcast, or alternatively write an AU where your characters are starting a fanish podcast, we'll give some behind the scenes on all that. We're super excited for it. Uh, you do have to be registered for the convention, so keep an eye out. Uh, I believe that registration closes on the 18th of October, so very soon after this comes out. Um, Yeah, we're super excited, though. I cannot
2: wait to do it. And we hope to see a bunch of you there. Our next episode will be a themed episode. Or will it? I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. But presumably (laughs) it will be a themed episode. Um, That episode will be coming out on the 28th. And Nick, what are you bringing?
0: I am bringing a fic called The Dream House by Karanguni. It is Fifty-six hundred words long, told in script format. Uh, gen, no pairings for the fandom's grand designs (parentheses TV UK) and Cthulhu Mythos (HP Lovecraft). Brenna, what's your pick for next episode?
1: My pick for next episode is "Recognize Them by Their Fruits" by Cerulean Vulpine. Uh, this is a fic for the Lock Tomb series. It's a kind of Gen Ianthe, POV set after the events of Harrow.
2: Reed, what's your pick? My pick is Expedition 4 by Silver Penny. It is for Our Flag Means Death, but it is an Annihilation AU. So yes, as I said, you can look forward to that episode coming out on the 28th of October. Uh, Until then, I'm going to go get a job at a coffee shop and make a lot of money. Wink. (laughs) Bye! I'm going to go join Starfleet
1: and go to space and hopefully not be recruited into their kind of scary intelligence branch. Bye!
0: Ficklets, I want to be with you for a really long time. I don't care what anybody thinks of it. Bye!